Hey moms, welcome to Mentoring Moments. I'm Dorinda Wilson, and I have been a homeschooling mom for over 24 years and graduated six of our eight kids so far. I'm the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler and host of my podcast, Dorinda Wilson. Mentoring Moments is a short episode answering one question at a time of the many questions that I get from homeschooling moms. And what I'm doing is uh, I'm recording a Facebook Live and a podcast at the same time. So you can either watch and listen on my Facebook page, Dorinda Wilson, or you can listen from the podcast. So today, I want to talk about math. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I get the general feeling that math is a struggle for most homeschooling moms. And I think we often think it's because we haven't found the right curriculum or we have um, what's uh, defined as math anxiety ourselves. And so we're not sure of ourselves when it comes to teaching our kids. Um, Out of all the homeschool moms I've met over the years, a small fraction of them actually love and enjoy math. Um, So it's interesting because here we are trying to uh, homeschool our kids and, uh, you know, obviously math is a part of that. And so this can be really a lot of cause for angst. And I know that it's easy for us to pass on our fears and our stresses and our anxieties about math to our kids, which I know none of us really wants to do. So, I am not a math expert. I can only share with you my own experience. So that's what I'm going to do. Because I have had eight kids and a vast and varied, uh, you know, uh, variety of experiences with teaching our kids math. So I'm going to share those with you because I think it'll be a real encouragement to you. Like I said, I was not great at math, but I did make it through algebra two and trigonometry with A's and B's. And it was, you know, it was a battle. It was a struggle, but I did it and I pulled it off. Um, But when it came to homeschooling our kids, I could not envision myself actually going back there and digging all of that back up. I would have had to relearn it. That's how much of it I remembered. Okay. So that right there is a little bit of a clue as to where I'm going to be going with this whole math thing. But I remember when I was in sixth grade, my teacher said this about just school in general. And I shared this in the last mentoring moments last week when I did, um, when I just talked about some different uh, encouraging things along the way that um, I remembered uh, over the years that we've been homeschooling things that people have said, things I've learned that were a real encouragement to me and helped me to relax in my homeschooling. But I shared this last week, so this will be familiar to you if you were listening. But I love this. My sixth grade teacher said about school in general that you pretty much, everything that you need to know, the basics of everything you need to know, you will, you will know uh, by the time you're done with sixth grade. And I just found that so fascinating. That really stuck in my mind. And basically what she was saying is, if all the basics are there and then you choose to carry that further, you can in high school. And like when you're in high school, you will expound on the basic things that you have learned through sixth grade. Now, can I just also say that it could very well be an even lower grade than that now because they have amped everything up so much in the last 20, 30 years. 
Here's what I mean. When I was in sixth grade, we were just then learning multiplication tables. Now they're having kids learn it in like third grade. And the thing is that if a child is not able to grasp the concept of what it is they're learning, um, there's not a really good chance that it's going to stick because the bottom line is they need to make that connection. And what happens is we may get our kids to memorize the multiplication tables, but it will be meaningless to them when it comes to actually applying it because they need to understand the concept. So when my teacher said that, I don't know why I remembered that. I think it was a God thing. I remembered that from sixth grade on and I carried that into our homeschooling and that really helped me relax a little bit more. And there's another thing I'm gonna share later on that was really similar to that that also helped me to relax in our homeschooling. But my question was always this when it came to the things that we were learning and especially when it came to math, what do I use in everyday life? I can tell you right now that I only use the basics of math in everyday life. And recently, actually it was uh, this morning or last night, it was yesterday, that I watched a YouTube video that I shared on my Facebook page and I will also share in the notes on this podcast. So uh, the notes on the podcast or or if... Um, you're watching on Facebook, I'll put it in the Facebook comments, a link to it. It's an 11 minute video done by a math teacher who basically affirmed everything that I have ever thought when it comes to teaching math and what our kids need to know. So here's the thing, my gut feeling when we started homeschooling our kids, what I just felt like God kept telling me over and over and over again is your responsibility is to make sure that they master the basics. They have the basics down. Now, let me explain what the basics are. Basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, fractions, decimals, percentages. That's, that's the gist of it, you guys. Because here's the thing. I use 20% off at the store. I like to know if someone's giving me the, the proper change back, so I need to uh, know how to count change back, right? Um, these simple things that we use in everyday life, those are the things that we are, uh, we want to make sure that our kids know. And then if they want to take that further um, and take it into higher math, they can absolutely do that. So let me go back to what this math teacher said. He said that 1% of the population will actually go on to do something where they will use upper level math. 1%. Do you realize what that means? That means that 99% of the other students or other people who are kids who are going to grow up and go into their fields are not going to use upper level math. Now, I'm not saying, if, you're, if your gut feeling as a mom is like, you know, hey, I really want them to go through Algebra 1, then you should do that. Because the bottom line is, you need to follow your instincts, the instincts that God has put in you um, as your children's moms. Maybe there's a reason that he's putting that on your heart. But what I'm saying is, you do not need to stress out about this whole math thing, okay? So uh, let me just keep going here, because I think... Um, this is going to be a real encouragement to you. So what do we use in everyday life? Um, I, I shared when I decided to homeschool, I knew that I could not teach everything and I, could, I wasn't going to dig up that old, all that old math that I learned, right? But 
I also knew that I could find resources when the time came. I chose not to borrow trouble. I chose to homeschool with confidence and uh, the grace that God gave me to homeschool a second or a third or a fourth grader. And I just felt like when we got there that we would know what to do. And you know what? God was faithful, very faithful to provide along the way. So here's the thing. The thing is, you guys, is what's really funny about that is when I was thinking that, when that was going through my mind, um, we didn't even have the internet. So it wasn't even like I felt like I had access to all these resources. I just knew God is a good God. And he led me to do this homeschooling thing. He's going to provide what we need along the way. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to ask and you're not going to have to seek and ask him to bring these things along, but you certainly do not need to worry and you don't need to borrow trouble um, and be worrying about high school when you're just teaching third or fourth or fifth grade. And so... It's so important to remember that we are not called to homeschool anyone else's kids. So maybe your friend is really passionate about making sure that their kids are going through higher level math than you are passionate about bringing your kids through. That's okay because it's not your job to homeschool their kids. It's your job to homeschool your kids. That's who you're ultimately responsible for. So again, my gut instinct as a mom was to make sure that my kids had the basics down because I knew I could teach them that. I knew I could get them through that because I knew those things, the basics. And again, if they wanted to take it further, they could. And you know what? They did in their own ways um, and, and their own levels. And it's worked out fantastically. So let's start with uh, preschool, elementary age kids. Okay, I hear from so many moms whose little ones are so stressed out about their math curriculum. Yeah, can I just say... Don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to your kids. You know, when I, when I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler, the idea behind it was to take it as your child is ready for it. And don't worry about the scope and sequence chart. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter, especially in those early years, because they develop at such different rates they're not robots, you guys. They're, they're not mechanical. They're people. They're very organic. And at, at one moment, they may not get it and may not get it and may not get it. And all of a sudden, they'll get it and they will take off and learn, you know, three months worth of things, um, concepts in a few weeks. That is very, very possible. But we have to be willing to move with that and flex with that ebb and flow that homeschooling really is about. And the problem is that we try to, um, we put too many parameters on it. We put too many uh, traditional classroom setting restrictions on it when it's really so much more organic than that. It has so much to do with where our kids are developmentally. Um, so maybe in preschool, honestly, I didn't do anything with my kids in preschool and usually not even in kindergarten. It was just a lot of hands-on. We talked about stuff and as it came up during the day naturally. There's a lot of conversations and little activities, not uh, not super planned out, just 
fun things to keep them busy and interested and engaged. That's it, you guys. It does not have to be rocket science. Enjoy these years with them. They are so much fun, especially at this age. This is such a great age. But at this age, they really learn best hands-on. So other than learning to maybe write their numbers when when you feel like they're ready, uh, maybe doing a simple math worksheet or a couple of pages in a math workbook that you get at Walmart or Costco, um, you know, they can do that in kindergarten or first grade. Um, and they really just do best if we're doing it sort of hands-on, um, pointing out math in everyday life, like counting pennies or rocks or measuring, you know, doing measuring cups over the sink with a pan of water or um, a, a bowl of sand or flour. Um, we can give them measuring cups and point out what, you know, what what does one quarter of a cup look like? What is a half a cup? And you're just giving them um, hands-on just experiences. They're connecting real life to these concepts. There's so many hands-on ideas online. Uh, Montessori has some great resources as well. Um, Melissa and Doug, they have really great uh, products that can help with those types of things as well. They're, um, our kids, our kids like, sorted and counted and did basic math with colored counting bears. It can be so simple. It can be things around the house. You get the idea. It does not have to be complicated. Um, The point is that you're loving learning, that you're walking along in in an unhurried, relaxed, uh, a relaxed way with your kids. And so they're getting the idea that, hey, learning is fun, you know, because they don't even know they're doing it, right? It's just a fun, we learn as we walk along. I mean, you go outside right now, uh, leaves are out there. You can count leaves. You can, you can put you know, two over here and two over here and say two plus two is what? And you can count them together. And so there's just so many simple things that we can do at that age. Now, as they move further into the elementary years, um, our kids did a variety of math curriculums, just depended on what worked for them and on their preferences. I let them look at the different curriculums when they got a little bit older and say, you know, what do you think? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? And I let them kind of help choose. Uh, some of them actually liked Saxon, believe it or not. It was generally the boys, not the girls. Uh, others liked Horizons. We used teaching textbooks. We've used a variety of different ones. But in the early, early years, honestly, it was Costco, Costco workbooks, Walmart workbooks, just simple, simple workbooks. Um, but mainly, we just kept plotting. You know, you just show up every day and you engage with your kids and you encourage that love of learning. And again, we need to understand that if a child isn't ready developmentally for a concept, no amount of pushing is going to work. It's going to be an exercise in futility and frustration for you and for them. Forced learning is not really learning. If a child cannot understand the concept behind the skill, um, if it doesn't make sense to him, there's a good chance that he will never remember it. There needs to be, again, I mentioned this earlier, some sort of association that helps him connect the dots. It's kind of like potty training. 
you guys know, if you've read anything in depth when it comes to potty training, you cannot potty train a child until they are ready. There has to be something that connects in their little brains that allows them the ability to control their bladder and the awareness of when they have to go. It's no different with learning. Until that little connector connects, It's an exercise in futility trying to make them do things. Now, if you're concerned about character, you don't feel like they have perseverance or stick-to-itiveness, I would encourage you to encourage that character development in other areas because we want our kids to love learning. Now, so if we're constantly trying to push them and get them to learn perseverance in their schoolwork, they're probably going to hate learning and they're going to hate schoolwork and they're going to hate bookwork. So what we really want to do is um, we want to look at the other areas of their life. Okay, when you ask them to do something or when they have chores that they need to do, are they persevering there? Because if they are, that means something's not right with the schoolwork. It's not sitting right with them. And maybe it's not time. Maybe they're not ready yet. Maybe it's um, it needs to maybe take a little different approach or you need to be a little more relaxed about it. Um, if you want to make sure that you're developing the character quality, again, do that in other areas. Do that in areas of giving them directions, of having them do little chores, of having them help you with things. That's where you can really develop that perseverance and that character quality without killing their love of learning. So let's talk a little bit about what to do when there is frustration because uh, inevitably you will run into frustrating moments when it comes to math. Now, there are lots of different things you can try out just to kind of help you assess what's really going on. Sometimes it's good to just step back and tell them, you know what? I'm just gonna let you sit with this problem for just a minute and see if you can figure it out. Maybe set the timer for a minute and let them sit with the problem. And if they can't do it and they're frustrated, you just say, that's okay. Um, what is it about that this that's frustrating you? And let them try to express it to you because what's happening now, they're having to take their thoughts and their frustrations and put them into words, which is a whole nother skill set right? So now you're not just doing math, you're doing communication. This is the uh, pre-writing skills. So um, let them tell you. And if they just can't seem to tell you and they're past the point of no return, which you know where that is when you're a mom, hit the pause button. Say, you know what? We don't have to do this right now. Let's take a break. Let them go ride their bike for a few minutes. Jump up and down on the trampoline. Did you know that that resets the brain? Uh, our boys did a lot of that. It's it, it actually doesn't work just with kids. It also works with adults. So you might want to invest in either a big trampoline or a small one uh, for inside during the winter months to go out there and to get on that thing and reset the brain. Jump on it for three to five minutes and it will reset their brain so that they can come back and have a fresh start. We want our kids to love learning. Another thing we can do if your child is more relational and is feeling like a failure, you can say, tell them your own stories of how you've been frustrated with math in the past or other areas of learning so they don't feel alone. And tell them, you know, tell them how it made you feel and then how eventually you overcame it. 
You can encourage them that they can do this. And you know what? You can tell them, if you can't do this today, that's okay. Someday you're going to be able to do this. I don't know when that's going to be, but I know you're smart and I know you can totally get this. But if it's not today, that's okay. So we're keeping it light. We're keeping it um, fun. We're keeping it uh, that relationship intact. Um, This is something that I found very interesting was that our boys, um, our girls did not want to be graded in things. But I found our boys asking me at a certain point if I would grade their papers. I thought I thought that was really interesting, but it makes sense because boys tend to be more competitive and they wanted a concrete measurement of how they were doing. So sometimes as they get a little bit older, grades can be a really good thing. I don't I don't know how beneficial it would be in the early years, but I would say um, older, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth on up, that might be something that would bring um, a good motivator and a good challenge to your uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grader on up especially boys. Um, Let's see, have a conversation. We talked about this, having a conversation about what's frustrating them uh, and maybe even let them help solve the problem. As you talk it out, a lot of times um, what I have found is my kids figured it out on their own as we were, as I was asking them questions and letting them talk out the problem. And that's probably with a kid who maybe um, is a verbal processor. So that's another thing you can do. And then, you know, sometimes we need to outsource, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. We may need to find a tutor. We may need to uh, use online uh, tutoring. Okay, here's another thing that has been super beneficial is having my older kids teach my younger kids um, a particular concept that they're struggling with. That has worked fantastically. But again, don't be too quick to assume that you need help, like you need outside help. Trust God's um, ability to speak to you and to lead you, and He will show you if that's necessary. Be open to it, obviously, and don't be afraid to outsource, but don't be too quick to jump to that conclusion, because sometimes that can make our kids feel uh, a little inept. You have to be a little sensitive about that. I I hope that makes sense. Um, Last thing, try to stay relaxed because kids feel our tension. So if we are amped up when we're doing math with them or, or if they are doing math and uh, they run into a problem and we're trying to help them, I struggled a lot with this. And because of that, I tend to stay backed off from my kids. And you know what ended up happening is they ended up either helping each other or solving their own problems because they didn't want my attention around. Isn't that terrible? I'm just saying, true confessions. I was not, um, because I didn't have a ton of math confidence, I sometimes would pass that to them if I tried to help when um, I shouldn't. Does that even make sense? So that is something to consider. If you can't do it without being super tense, maybe we need to come up with another solution or our kids need to figure it out or they need to help each other or we need to find some online help. Um, I'll explain my own story uh, with a couple of our kids in just a minute. I want to share something with you um, that I shared in the Facebook Live last week 
And it was, um, I call it a math chart, but it's something that a math teacher showed me years ago that really helped me relax when it came to um, teaching my kids math. Because we have this idea, first of all, that tons of concepts are being covered every single day in the traditional classroom. And that simply is not true. For one thing, they spend at least a couple of months, generally speaking, um, several weeks at least, reviewing in the fall because kids forget things over the summer. So you've got that going on. And then a whole lot of other factors that I talked about last week in the Facebook Live and the mentoring moments. But I shared this math chart last week and I want to share it with you again this week. This math teacher said, this is actually how um, math is taught, the kind of rate that it is taught at, okay? So you've got first grade, right? So those are the concepts you're learning in first grade. Now you go to second grade and look what happens. You've got a few, you've got mostly review with a few new concepts. And same thing in third grade and fourth grade and fifth grade. Do you see that? So these uh the, the space you see at the very, I'm trying to do this backwards and it's hard. Um, here we go. So this space you see between here and here, these are the new concepts. So they're not learning a ton of new concepts every year. It's a lot of it is reviewing what they've learned the year before. So I find that very, very fascinating because um, that says that we can really relax. We don't need to be in such a stink about our kids learning new concepts all the time, constantly. It's okay to be doing a lot of reviewing. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I will leave um, an image of this chart in the podcast notes so you can see this as well. But the bottom line is that... um, you do have more time than I think we have more time than we realize as we're walking through these uh, math during these homeschooling years. And it's true even across the board with all the subjects. And I'll explain that in just a minute. So you've got more time than you think. I want to uh, just share real quickly something that our boys did. I was telling you uh, that they did not, not necessarily, uh, I told you that I really tried not to um, get stressed out when I was uh, helping my kids with math. What I found very interesting with our boys is they just from the get-go, without even uh, the stress involved, did not want me overly involved in helping them solve their math problems. I would see them over there struggling and I'd be like, okay, what is it you need? Do you need some help? And they would say, no, I don't need any help. And I'm like, why not? That's what I'm here for, right? I'm here to help you. If you need it, just, you know, let me know what you need. And they would say, no, I really want to figure this out myself. There was this independence that they had. And what's very interesting about all that is that there was this um, problem solving that was going on that was uh, something that they needed to do. It was something in them that they needed to do this. And what's interesting is in the jobs that they have right now, that's one of their greatest assets is the fact that they are problem solvers. So I just find that so interesting. 
as I followed the Lord's lead and he was telling me, back off, let them work through this, um, there was reason behind that. So we need to listen to that mom instinct. So now we're going to talk about by the time they're getting into high school, you pretty much know if they are math-oriented or not. It's really, really clear whether it's that's a field that they're going to be interested in or something that they want to pursue or there's a need to pursue upper math. So again, going back to this YouTube video that I shared, it was fascinating because his suggestion was teach them the math that they need, which is what I mentioned earlier, basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, percentages, decimals, and um, fractions, okay? And he said, you do not have to go deep into all of those. They just need to have the basics in them. Then he began to describe upper-level math and the skill behind the skill in upper-level math. And essentially, the skills that they're learning in upper-level math are deductive reasoning and inductive reasoning. And he said there are other ways you can learn those skills. And this is something that has always been in the back of my mind that, that, that this was the case, but I didn't have any person to back up what I was saying. I've seen it play out with our kids. I've had no one put words to it. And this, this math teacher put words to it. So what he suggests is if you have a kid who doesn't want to do upper level math, they've made it through all the basics. They don't want to do upper level math. He said, don't make them. Instead, replace that with logic games, uh, logic puzzles, and strategy games. So that's what he allows his students to do, to teach them that inductive and deductive reasoning, which is really fascinating to me because that's not only helpful in math. So let's just say those kids later on do decide to do something with math. Guess what? They've got those reasoning skills under their belts that they can grasp those concepts that much quicker when they decide or if they decide to do that. The other thing is those reasoning skills are helpful in everyday life. So that to me makes so much sense. I had a mom ask me about how they would prepare for the SATs for college if they aren't doing upper level math. Now, I have not fully explored this. I can only share my own experience with you. Now, if you go back and listen to my podcast that I did with Jake, um, I did a podcast with each of our grown kids talking about their homeschooling experience and how it's affected what they're doing now. And the most hilarious thing, one of the funniest things that uh, our kids said was when Jake, um, our, our son who started college at 16, he did dual enrollment, he said he wasn't, he wasn't fully prepared math-wise for college, but he said, I figured it out. And our other son, Luke, sort of confirmed that by saying, Mom, your job was to teach us the basics, and our job is to take that and turn it into hard skills. So at some point, it is our kids' responsibility to take those uh, skills and those concepts that we've given them and, and the basics that we've given them, and they turn it into hard skills. And you know what? That gives them confidence. My kids have taken, they know I'm not good at math and that they were much better at math um, by probably seventh or eighth grade. And I 
told them that. I said, you guys rock at this. You are so good at that. I don't know how you can do that. How did you figure that out? And you know what? It, it built their confidence to be smarter than me, <laughs> which happened pretty quickly, actually. So Jake, basically what happened was by about seventh grade, I couldn't help him with his math anymore. His dad helped him some, but a lot of the math he wanted to figure out and he did. He was resourceful and that's what ended up happening. He became very resourceful. He found Khan Academy, which was kind of a new thing back then. He found different websites that would help explain to him in a way that he could understand a concept that he needed to know. And he made his way through. And when he got into college, he he uh, was able to I think he entered at an entry-level math, but he very quickly moved on from there. And this is the thing. We need to give our kids credit. They, as long as we don't kill that love of learning, our kids are capable of doing anything. We encourage them to continue to love learning by not burning them out. We teach them to be resourceful, and we give them a good work ethic. Teaching them perseverance, a lot of times... We do that through other things. But then as they get into those upper level years, they apply that perseverance we've taught them in the chore areas and the other areas of their life. They apply it to their education because they're owning what they're doing. So this is why we do not have to be all wound up uh, when it comes to math. My point in sharing all of this with you is to assure you that you can relax and enjoy your homeschooling journey. I want to help you enjoy your kids more. I want you to understand that you can listen to the heart that God gave you for your kids and be assured that God has got your back. You can also trust your kids' natural ability to learn if you give them the time and the space to do that. Remember, like I said earlier, your child can run into a roadblock for what seems like forever and then take off like crazy when he or she is ready. Remember that potty training analogy? Dr. Raymond Moore was um, a gentleman who was very, very well educated, who was um, an educator, uh, a superintendent of schools. He was um, uh, the administrator at a college. And he said, and he was also considered, he and his wife, they homeschooled their kids, the grandmother and grandfather of homeschooling, they sort of brought homeschooling back to the forefront back in the 70s. And he had this to say. He said that it really only takes two full years of learning to prepare your kids for high school. Two. That's not just math. That's everything to prepare them for high school. So you spread that out over your K through eight years you guys, we can relax. We can keep plotting, keep moving forward, show up every day, you know, just keep your hand to the plow, but we don't have to be in a whirling dervish about this. Relax and enjoy this time with your kids. Don't let unnecessary expectations ruin your relationship with them. Nothing is worth that. Remember that you you really are the best person to facilitate your kids' learning because no one loves or cares for your kids more than you do. And no one will go to the lengths that you will to make sure your kids have what they need. 
Thanks so much for being here. And on the next Mentoring Moments, I'm going to be answering this question. After so many years of homeschooling, what five things are most important in teaching your kids? I'll be sharing that next time on Mentoring Moments.